this is a serious thing y'all like this is life or death to be honest Hey souls, welcome to another episode of the You Lucky I'm Saved podcast, where instead of fighting with fists, we're fighting with faith. I'm so happy to have you all here. If you are already a part of the Safe Souls fam, hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Thanks for coming back. Oh my goodness. Like we love to see it. And for those who are new here, hey, how y'all doing? Just in case you want to know what the You Lucky I'm Saved podcast is all about, well, <laughs> The You Lucky Unsafe podcast basically is about what we all deal with day to day. Life be life and right. And we use God's word as a tool to be able to fight back against the enemy. So whenever the enemy is trying to throw things at you, trying to use things against you, anything like that, like we have the word to back it up. Okay. Because like I said before, instead of fighting with fists, we're fighting with faith. Before we get started, make sure that you subscribe so that you're part of the Safe Souls family and make sure that you like and rate this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, all right? That's super important to make sure that everyone receives the messages that God has given to me for y'all and for the world. And yeah, that would be awesome, all right? So before we get started, we're going to go ahead and open with prayer because that's what we do here. We pray before we get into God's word. And we're just going to invite God into this place. He's already here, but let's just invite him into our conversation, all right? Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord God, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for using me as your vessel to be able to reach your people, to be able to give them the messages that you have given me, that you've had me study, that you've had me just be in my alone time with you and to have intimate time with you to do this for you, Lord God. I'm so thankful for who you are. I'm thankful for our listeners and our viewers, Lord God, that you would just bless them more than they can ever imagine, Lord God, and that the viewers and listeners who don't know you, Lord, that they will come to know you by the end of this episode, Lord God. And we thank you and we praise you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So we're going to go ahead and get right into it because This topic, I am super passionate about it. And you probably might be able to see how passionate I am (laughs) while we're going through it because this is super important that everybody should know. I think this is an important thing that everybody should know. So before we actually dive into it, we're going to go ahead and pod with God. Just in case you're new here and you don't know what power God is, power God is basically a verse that God gave me to be able to open up the conversation, to be able to connect with the topic with the word of the Lord. And the verse that we're going to read is Romans chapter three, verses 10 through 28 in the new living translation. And it reads as the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God and have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. 
For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past, for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Amen, amen, amen. So if you haven't read the title already, we're going to talk about religion versus relationship and how we can spiritually grow once we learn the difference as well as breaking free from religious systems, okay? This is a heavy hitter, all right? Like I said, I'm very passionate about it and you are going to feel it. (laughs) But I promise you at the end of this, you are going to have a revelation because God really like placed on my heart to be able to share this with y'all. Okay, so let's get into the discussion. I'm gonna kind of paraphrase because it's so much to like talk about and so much like that needs to be said and there's so much scripture to back it up. But I'm just going to go ahead and paraphrase. If you want to go back, definitely go back and read for yourself. I really do recommend that because in order for you to get your own revelation that God wants to show you, in order for you to understand it more, in order for you to understand God's reasoning behind things and who he is as and his character, read your Bible, (laughs) y'all. Like, please go back and read it so that you can fully understand what we're talking about today. So in the Old Testament, God created laws that were known as the Mosaic laws, also known as the law of Moses. And they were initially created to be able to connect God and man and to set a standard for man to be able to have some sort of relationship with God to know the Lord. And God gave this law to Moses to give to the Israelites and the Israelites descendants so that they can live by it. But they still disobeyed and they still broke those laws, which we're going to dive deeper into because there's so much to unpack there. And because of the Israelites disobedience and then breaking the laws, like from generation to generation, like God saw man getting farther and farther away from him. He saw how we were kind of separating ourselves from him. And he knew that we were becoming distant from him because let's be honest, like we're human we're bound to break laws. We're bound to be like victims of our own flesh. Like we want to do what our flesh tells us to do. We want our own desires to be met. And God saw that and he saw how that was creating a distance between him and man. 
Now in the New Testament, God sent Jesus to be able to tear the veil between man and God, because in the Old Testament, there were a whole bunch of things that had to happen in order for you to be able to get to God, right? For you to have any type of relationship or connection with him. And because of Jesus, Jesus tore the veil so that we can have our own face-to-face, one-on-one connection with God without having a middleman. So without having the middleman, we are now able to have that connection with God without the practices, without the people, without anything in between us to be able to communicate with him. So let's get into the key points. This is super important. Make sure you guys have a pen and paper, like I say, every episode, because this is super important to know, to have knowledge of, and to be able to break things down and go back to God with, um, in your alone time with him, pray on it, ask God to reveal some things to you with these notes and to just be able to see the difference of religion and relationship. So the first key point that I have written down is religion is ritualistic. Relationship is freedom. Now, of course, I always have a verse to back up my key points. Don't think I don't have one because I do. All right. (laughs) If you have your Bibles, make sure you turn to Galatians chapter five, verse one. Or if you have the Bible app, go ahead and go to Galatians chapter five, verse one. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. And it reads, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. To my black people, I know that the word enslavement or enslaved or slave is triggering to us. But when I use the word enslavement or enslaved, it has nothing to do with the modern day slavery that black people had to endure. But because of Jesus, we aren't enslaved to the law. We aren't enslaved to the religious systems. So let's back it up a little bit, okay? In four out of the five books of the first five books of the Bible, which is known as the Torah um, in the Jewish faith. The last four of the first five, they contain the law of Moses and Deuteronomy kind of reiterates what God had already given to Moses and what was in the law. Like I said, I need for all y'all to go back and read those four books. The four books are Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So the law of Moses was initially created to show man the standard of righteousness between man and God and to strengthen the relationship between God and man. Personally, though, y'all, like I always saw like religion as like an institution, as like a system is kind of cultish, like in my own opinion, because it's like, okay, in order for you to get to God, you have to pray X amount of times to reach him. You have to be able to go to a priest to be able to talk to him. You have to only be able to pray at this certain time. You only can reach God if you stand up and chant these different verses and say these different prayers. You can only get to God if you do these certain works, but that's not even the case. And back in the day, like with the law of Moses, that's what they did to get to God. But like I said, because of Jesus, he tore the veil. Now we have that one-on-one time with him where we can go for ourselves and for other people. But the thing is though, unfortunately, There are a lot of religions, including those who claim to be part of the Christian faith, who still follow the law today and still follow the rituals, still follow the practices and still don't understand the freedom that they have when it comes to 
communicating and communing with God. You don't have to burn sage. You don't have to create altars. You don't have to have crystals. You don't have to have any of those things that the Old Testament law said that you should have in order to be in the presence of God. Like you literally only have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior know and have faith and accept that he is the son of God and that he died for your sins and raised from the dead for your forgiveness. Like we don't need all that extra stuff for forgiveness from God. Cause there are a lot of times where even people used to sacrifice animals, sacrifice people in order for us to have atonement with God in order for God to forgive us, to ask God for forgiveness. But we don't have to sacrifice any living thing. Because Jesus became the living sacrifice for us. And because of that, we don't have to have that middleman. Jesus literally became the only living sacrifice for us to be able to free us from the law, to be able to have a pure and holy relationship with God ourselves. And there's a verse that I really want to read to y'all that is going to basically bring it all together. And it's Galatians chapter two, verse 19. And I'm gonna read in the Amplified version. So definitely turn to your Bibles to Galatians chapter two, verse 19. And if you have your Bible app, you know what to do. All right. So it reads for through the law, I died to the law and its demands on me because salvation is provided through the death and resurrection of Christ so that I might from now on live to God. And that's all God wants is for us to live to him and for him. And he wants desperately for us to have that personal relationship with him. And the only way we can do that is by accepting Jesus as our Lord and savior and acknowledging that he died on the cross for our sins and resurrected for our salvation. It's that simple. Okay, so the next key point is with religion, you only spend time with God on Sundays and holidays, but with relationship, you include him in your life and he's involved in your day to day. So now that we've talked about Jesus tearing the veil that separated us from having our own intimate relationship with God, the father, let's read this verse right quick. All right, go ahead and flip to Romans chapter five, verse 11, and I'm reading in the New Living Translation. And it reads, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. All right, so let me put this into perspective for y'all, okay? Because I'm a visual person and I always need examples that I can connect with. So (laughs) let me go ahead and do that for y'all. Imagine you have a friend, a parent, a sibling, a cousin, an auntie or uncle, anybody in your life that you only saw or spoke to, not even saw, that you spoke to once a week. And if you barely speak to them once a week, you only see them on holidays. Do you have a relationship with that person? Honestly, like, can you fully say that you know them? Can you fully say that they have your best interests at heart? Can you fully know their character if you only swing by once a month or once a week or even like once every quarter of the year? (laughs) Not even that, like holidays are like, holidays are, they're so, there aren't enough holidays in the year to be honest. But it's the same thing with God. Like how do you expect to know him and to hear from him If all you're doing is going to church on Sundays and hearing what somebody else is telling you about God and then going home and doing 
no type of like relational connection with him or only going to church during the holidays, getting that word and being like, oh yeah, woo, hallelujah. And then for the rest of the year, like your faith is dormant. Your spiritual life is dead. Like there is no connection with God whatsoever outside of holidays or Sunday. Like, come on. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and read Romans chapter four, verse 13 in the New Living Translation. And it reads, clearly God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. I want to make this very clear, though. A relationship with God is not transactional by any means. All right. So get that out of your head. Like you can't do something and be like, okay, well, since I did this for you, God, you got to do this for me. Like it's not transactional whatsoever. But how do you expect to know God's promise over your life if you don't know him? Like a part of having a relationship is getting to know someone, getting to hear from them, spending time with them on more than just a few occasions and it being transactional and it being basically like a practice and it being like a routine. You can't expect to know anybody or for them to even reach you to be able to even connect or to communicate with you with that. Let's break it down with this one. Like, how do you expect a gift for Christmas from someone that you don't even spend time with? Like any family member, friend, like how do you expect a Christmas gift from them? Like expecting a gift from somebody that you barely talk to is wild, right? Like that's crazy. And on the flip side, how can you give a gift like a well- intended gift like a gift from the heart how can you give a gift to someone who you don't even know you don't know how to shop for that person you don't know what they like you don't know what they're into like you don't know their hobbies you don't know their interests because you don't spend time with them and like with God like how do you expect to receive the gift of knowing him and the gift of receiving his love and the gift of hearing from him when you don't even spend time with him to even get to know his character, to even get to know how he speaks. Like, this is a serious thing, y'all. Like, this is life or death, to be honest. Because in order for us to really understand who God is, we have to have that relationship with him. It can't be practiced. It can't be ritualistic. It can't be, oh, I only see or spend time with God, go to his house on Sundays and on holidays. Because then if you only do that, you're going to miss God's calling for your life. You're going to miss what he's trying to tell you. And it's super important, especially if you want to live right, if you want to live in your purpose and to know the steps to take to live in your purpose, you have to have a relationship with God. And it has to be personal. It can't be off the strength of your grandmother. It can't be off the strength of your praying mother of the church. It can't be off the strength of your pastor. It's not based off that. It's based off of your own personal relationship with God. Like in the Bible verse that we just read, like, the promise of nations to Abraham wasn't based off of obedience. It was based off of Abraham's own personal relationship with God. Like Abraham could have done a million things and not have a relationship with God and still not be promised the nations that he was promised and given. All right. So the third and final key point is religion says the church is a building or organization. Relationship says the church is the body of Christ. God's children. 
So we're going to open this up a little bit. All right. With one verse. And then I'm going to close it out with another verse. That's going to explain this verse. All right. So go ahead and go to Ephesians chapter five, verse 23. And I'm reading from the NIV version. And it reads for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Literally everybody focuses on the wrong thing when they only see the church as the building. When you think of church as just the building, the church can become segregated. Like with denominations of the church, like that segregation, to be honest, because they're trying to keep the church's practices and traditions to appease a certain demographic when the church is literally made up of diverse people who follow Christ and believe in him. And secretly, but publicly, a lot of y'all treat these buildings, the image, the false images of Jesus, and even like the image of the cross as an idol. But that's a whole nother podcast episode. So let's get back right on task. All right, let's get back to the topic. (laughs) So to explain Ephesians chapter five, verse 23, we're going to read another verse that's going to explain it more thoroughly. All right. So we're going to go ahead and read first Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. Go ahead and turn your Bibles or your Bible app there. And I'm reading from the NIV version. And it reads, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. The church is not the building. And I think that's something very important to realize. And I think that the reason why a lot of times people feel like they aren't strong in their faith or they feel like they can't get close to God because they feel like, oh, I missed a Sunday. Me and God are too far apart now. Or they may feel like, oh, well, you know, I didn't do what the church told me to do. So... I am not a servant of God. Like, that's not true at all. Like, yes, you can do things for the 
church as an organization, but you always have to hear from God. Like if your pastor, honestly, if your pastor tells you to do something, but you've consulted with God and God was like, nah, it's not time yet. You listen to God. Like the pastor, the priest, they're not God. They're not the people that you need to be servants to. It's God who you need to be a servant to. Others you need to be a servant to. If God is like, your ministry is not in this church, your ministry is out in the street to be able to talk to people about who I am, to share the gospel, then that is your mission. The building is a building. The church is the people and the people oftentimes are outside of the church. And in order for you to build up the church, you have to reach souls who are outside of the church who have never stepped foot in the church who don't even know who God is. To build the kingdom, you have to reach those who need to hear the word of the Lord. And that's outside of the church. So if you think that your relationship with God is solid because you're in a building every Sunday, you've got it wrong. You have a lot of unlearning to do, a lot of undoing to do. And it all starts with you realizing that the law, that religion as an institute, the church as a building, isn't going to cut it. That's not what God called us to do or to be. So the church is not the building. The church is the people. Let's remember that. All right. So now that we have finished the key points, we're about to get into some of the takeaways. All right. And now that we know what religion versus relationship actually is, now we can actually talk about what we can do to help mature our spiritual walk to get closer to God and to have that connection to have that real relationship that we were talking about today so here are some takeaways on how to elevate and spiritually grow the first takeaway is stop relying on the building religious systems leaders and practices to get to God seek a personal relationship with him for yourself all right, so we're going to go ahead and read Acts chapter 17, verse 24 through 31. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to that. And I'm going to go ahead and read it in the NIV version. All right. And it reads, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him, we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed, he has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. God isn't some entity that we need to be afraid of, that we need to be fearful of in a sense of terror. Like because we are God's offspring, because God is our father, like I always refer to him 
as the father because he is the father of us. Are you afraid of your father? If you're afraid of your father, that means that you don't have a great relationship. <laughs> that means that you don't understand your father's discipline. That means that your father's love has strings attached to it. But if you truly know God and if you truly understand that his discipline is for you to learn and to grow, if you realize that God is not this big, scary, egotistical being or entity that is just out to get everybody, that everybody tries to paint him to be, like you will only know that if you read your Bible, if you read your word, like you literally will feel and see God's character of who he is. There are so many times and moments like we've read in the verses previously that he could have easily put more wrath into whatever situation or with whatever person that didn't follow the law. But because he knew that we were human, because he knew that we were going to disobey the law, because he felt and knew that we were going to get further and further and further away from him, he already planned to have Jesus there. He already planned to bring Jesus here on earth to die for our sins so that he can be able to have that one-on-one -on -one connection with us. Because now that God had his son, his eyes are more open to us being his children more. He sees the flaws that we have. He knows who we are on a deeper level. I talked to my mom the other day and I said to her, I said, Ma, Jesus is God's human experience. And I say that because God like knows all. Don't get me wrong. He knows all. He sees all like he knows everything. But it's kind of like with a job, right? You can have the education when you apply. You can have the education and know everything, right? But if you don't have the experience, they ain't going to hire you. You don't know what it's like to have this job, to be in this role. So that's why I say Jesus is God's human experience, because Jesus is 100% God, 100% human. And God came down in human form to be able to relate to us, to be able to have that human one-on-one -on -one connection with us so that it could be easier for us to have that one-on-one -on -one connection with our Heavenly Father. If you think about it that way, like your perspective will change so much. We don't need to go through pastors. We don't need to go through priests. We don't need to go through deacons to be able to speak to God. And honestly, like when people take the building as the church or take the religious laws or see pastors as a way to get to God, like that's where a lot of church hurt comes from because our source isn't within those things. Going to those things to get to God is what stunts our growth. And that's why we have so much church hurt because humans, because God's creation lets us down but instead we could just go to the source and just completely cut out the middleman because jesus already did that for us so that's why i say like religion versus relationship like which one is better with religion like it, it lies church hurt because you're following religious practices you're following a person you're following a system and a law that jesus had already paid for with relationship, it is free. Like it is one-on-one -on -one with God. It's you going straight to the source yourself. 
it's you praying on the behalf of your friends and family and loved ones without having to go through anybody else. Like relationship is top tier with God. Like anybody who wants to have religion, y'all can have it. Y'all can go ahead and feel like you have to walk on eggshells with God, but I'm not. Okay. I have a relationship with God to where I can be fully honest with how I feel. A lot of times people say, oh, you can't question God or, oh, you can't be angry with God. When God like invites you to be fully yourself and lay it at his feet, don't disrespect God, but just be like, God, I'm angry or God, I don't understand what you mean. Can you explain this? Or to be like, God, like, I have a question for you. Like you said this, but is that exactly what you said? Having a relationship with God is being able to just be free in your communication with him. With religion, it's like I said, it's walking on eggshells. You're afraid of him. You're afraid to be deep and open with him. And that's not a relationship at all. And that's what God desperately wants from us. That's why he sacrificed Jesus, because he wanted us to have that father, son or father, daughter relationship with him. So going back to what I said about going to religious leaders, stunting our growth, right? I have a verse for you with that. Okay. So go ahead and turn to your Bibles to Hebrews chapter five, verses 11 through 14 in the new living translation. And it reads, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Honestly, like, to constantly go to the same building, go to the same preaching every Sunday for years, decades, centuries, okay, at this point, like you're spiritually dull. Obviously, as a new Christian, you go to church, you are being fed, you are learning, you are being trained in the spirit. Now you step away from the church, you step away from the building and you go out, like I said earlier, and you start building the kingdom of heaven by talking to people about the gospel, by talking to people about who Jesus is, by bringing people to Christ in that way, through your gifts. You can't do that cooped up in a church, in the building. You can't do that. The verse literally says like, you are spiritually dull if you do that. If you don't exercise your faith if you don't exercise your trust in God if you don't exercise your belief you're literally spiritually dead you have to go ahead and step outside that building to be able to reach souls that is our purpose here on earth as human beings you have to reach other people outside of the church to be able to go into the building of a church to receive the word when they first start off that's baby steps That's milk compared to the solid food that they will potentially have once they fully get the fullness of God to share with other people. 
that's something very important that I had to say because God downloaded that to me just now. And I think that as soon as people realize that we'll be doing what God has called us all to do. So if you're just getting started and want to start including God into your life, right? Because if you're a new Christian or if you are someone who has been so caught up in religious systems and practices and you're like, well, Jazz, how do I start building my relationship with God? I have a few tips for you, okay? So the first tip is start going to Bible studies to be surrounded by the body of Christ outside of the building. The second one is subscribe to the You Lucky I'm Safe podcast and other Christian podcasts and YouTube channels that will feed you more than the cookie cutter, prosperity, one-liner messages for the algorithm. And the third one is read the Bible. You'll get to know God for who he truly is and not from what other people will tell you. The word is God. Know him from his own word. All right. So since we're on the topic of relationship, we're going to dive right on into the second takeaway. With God being the most important relationship in your life, build godly relationships with others. All right. So we're going to go ahead and read Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. I'm going to read in the NIV version. Y'all know what to do. Go to your Bibles, go to the Bible app and turn there. And it reads as iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. A godly friend is so top tier here on this ghetto earth, okay? (laughs) Like your friend will literally be there for you, will literally pray for you while you're going through your spiritual growth journey. Like they will help guide you with your walk because you'll constantly be in their prayers and they'll pray for you and intercede on your behalf to pray for you on whatever season that you're going through. And the same with you, you can do the same for them. Like that is like, if someone goes to God on your behalf, that is love. That is pure love. And that is a true friend. And I highly recommend it. I just started on a journey of really understanding the importance of having a godly friend. And The godly friend right now, it's one friend, okay? (laughs) The godly friend that I do have, like, it's just like no other friendship that I've ever had before. And it's super important to have that relationship to be able to keep you grounded and rooted in God because they're gonna allow for you and give you space and to draw you closer and closer to God so you can feel his love, so you can feel who he is, that you can hear from him. And then like, Y'all will be talking about God, will be chopping up about God. And it's just like the conversations that you get and the faith filled, like completeness that you have with those conversations. Like, like I said, top tier, top tier. And the third and final takeaway. All right, guys, is trust God. Simple, right? But we're going to go ahead and read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19 in the New Living Translation. And it reads, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. 
literally trust God in everything. Like that's how you can build your spiritual growth and your relationship with him. Trust him in any and every season, in any and every situation, because once you put your trust in him, then he will freely show you who he is. He will open himself to you. He will freely give you the comfort and the love and the support that you need. He'll never leave you. Like I said, this in every episode, but literally he will never leave you because of the fact that he knows how important that promise, that covenant, that relationship is. That is super important to God. So when you have your own relationship, when you have your own covenant with him and his promises to you, because you have that relationship and you're able to hear from God what his promises to you, like he doesn't want to break that. Covenants are super important to God. If you read all throughout the Bible, like you see how he takes covenants seriously. And the way you get a covenant with God or have a covenant with God is through relationship. The promise is through a relationship. So constantly seek God, always lay anything and everything at his feet, whether good or bad, and literally spend time with him at every moment, every day, every part of the week, and every part of the year, because he's worth so much more than even that. So now we are at the part of the podcast where you got to ask yourself this question. How are you going to get to know God for yourself starting today? How are you going to stop playing and just surrender and focus on him instead of what religion tells you to do to be at his feet? When literally Jesus paved the way for you to just go to him yourself. That's the question you have to ask yourself. Go to God, ask him what you need to see with that question before you answer it. Now we're at the portion where we talk about why you lucky I'm saved and why I'm blessed to be saved, all right? So y'all know what to do. Go in the comments and write down why people should be lucky that you saved and why you yourself are blessed to be saved, okay? I'm gonna put my answer in the comments, but I'm gonna also go ahead and tell y'all here. You lucky I'm saved because if I didn't have a relationship with God, my testimony would be fake. Like I would not be able to be truthful in my trust and my faith in God and what he's told me and how he's promised me things and how he's always fulfilled that promise. It would be super fake. And we're going to leave it there. (laughs) And I'm blessed to be saved because I am as free to go to God directly. I am as free to talk to him on my own. And that is more than enough. And that is a huge blessing, all thanks to my faith in Jesus Christ. So now I'm about to pray for everyone. Um, And I'm gonna pray that everything that we talked about here sits and resonates with you. And you'll be able to carry this and share this with someone else. All right, bow your head and close your eyes. Lord God, thank you so much for being an amazing God. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, down here on earth to die for our sins and to resurrect, to free us from religious systems, from religious oppression. Lord God, thank you so much for allowing your son to die for us so that we can have that one-on-one relationship with you because you believe that we are worthy enough to have that kind of connection with you. And that means a lot. 
Lord God, I pray for anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, that they will give their life to you, Lord God, that after listening to this podcast episode, that everyone here will realize the difference between religion and relationship and that they would strive and work on their own personal relationship with you. And I pray that you will continue to speak to them after watching this episode, after listening to this episode to guide them to spiritually grow. I thank you and I honor you and I thank you for using me to be able to reach your people with this message. I love you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. That is it, y'all. It was a lot. I know every episode I'm like, woo, woo, saw, like breathe, right? <laughs> but it's okay, y'all. Like this was such an amazing message. All glory to God. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you all for being here. Make sure you all like, comment, and subscribe to this YouTube channel. And also make sure you rate and share everywhere you listen to podcasts and also share this video with everyone that you know because it's super important that people know the difference between religion and relationship and how to spiritually grow because a lot of people don't know the difference and I think it's super important for everybody's walk with God and make sure you turn on that notification button because I post any day of the week it'll be random who knows so definitely make sure that you do that and yeah Keep that light in your hearts and minds, y'all. And if you don't have that light, get that light. All right. <laughs> I'll catch you guys later. <laughs> Peace.